Hello podcast listener, thanks so much for choosing another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Now I won't keep you long, I just wanted to let you know that Home Things is launching into the big old world really, really soon. If you want to be the first in line to receive exclusive discount and you know, be the first to know when we launch, which makes you look pretty cool, just go to our website, it's gethomethings.com and sign up in the box that looks like you should put your email address in it. Okay, back to the show. Enjoy. Reaction. 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 Nice gold dust. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reaction by Home Things. Today I'm sat opposite Louisa Zion. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Good to be here. Good. Now, before we get stuck in as to who you are, what you do, bonkers bits of the week, would you like to go first? Or would you want me to go first? Uh, uh, yeah, I've got a great one. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm terrified of flying and have not flown really for about seven years but here's a bonkers fact donkeys kill more people than plane crashes perfect (laughs) that's what you need to know that will cure your fear of flying I just have to keep repeating that to myself you're also terrified of donkeys do not get on a donkey yeah (laughs) do you know what I'm also terrified of flying Absolutely hate it, but I feel like I've, that's only happened with age. Yes, Like, the yeah. older I get, the scarier I get, and yeah. I have no idea why. I think why. that's true about everything in life. It's true. I think because you realise your own mortality, and suddenly you're a bit scared. <laughs> Maybe. Depressing. Mine is odd. So mine is that according to ABC News in America, the average chocolate bar has eight insect legs in it. Gross, right? That's disgusting. Well, it's gross, but there are <laughs> lots of companies now that are starting to make snacks, snacks. from crickets and other insects, right? So but then you maybe a thing of the future. Oh, God, have you ever had one? <laughs> I've tried one, yeah, yeah. Nice? Um, Chewy? It was crunchy. Um, oh, you have to close your eyes because you can tell they're insects. Um. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I actually don't think I could do that. Gross. So, gross bits aside, introduce yourself to so all of our listeners who might not know the name, Louisa Zion. What do you do? Why are we here? Where are we right now? So, yep, I'm Louisa Zion and uh, I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Toast Ale. We brew... Uh, craft beer with surplus fresh bread that would otherwise have been wasted by the bakery industry and all our profits go to charities that are fixing the food system amazing and we're here in bread quarters which bread is quarters. Um, our, our name for our, our office um, in the center of london uh, we're part of sustainable workspaces uh, so we share a space with many other sustainability businesses amazing i love that and it is a very nice space in this bread quarters i must add so okay so toast ale surplus bread what's the deal with surplus bread like wh- how did that idea come about why surplus bread you know what's the issue with it Tell, talk me through that kind of decision yeah well so the issue starts with our food system mm-hmm. really so producing food has a huge impact on the planet uh, it's responsible for 80 percent of deforestation 70 percent of the fresh water that we use and about a quarter of all greenhouse gas emissions so our food system is one of the biggest contributors to climate change and biodiversity loss but we're wasting a third of everything that we produce which is completely crazy going back to your bonkers facts that is is one right there (laughs) um and um 
bread uh, in the UK is one of the most wasted food items. It's short shelf life, it's plentiful, um, relatively cheap. Um, so it's produced in huge quantities, way more than we could ever eat, even though yeah. we do eat a lot of bread in the UK. We love our sandwiches, our toast, anything we do. made with bread. And yeah, in the UK, about 44% of all the bread that's baked is never eaten. It ends up being that's wasted. That's crazy. That's yeah. absolutely crazy. So we discovered that you can use bread to produce beer. Um, and actually, fun. it's one of the original ways of making beer. Um, back in Babylonian times, they used to ferment bread, create a bread, ferment it, um, and then use that to create this divine drink, which is what eventually became beer. Um, and Tristram Stewart who's a campaigner uh, on all things to do with the food system and food waste in particular uh, had met some brewers in Brussels that had used bread from their local bakery to create a really delicious tasting beer named after the Babylonians it's called Babylon yeah it was delicious he tried it and just thought wow this is an incredible way of using up a, an ingredient that would have otherwise been wasted using less barley as a result mm. because we replace some of the barley with the bread yeah. and barley in itself has um, requirements on land on water you know growing and transporting and malting the barley um, so we could scale up a solution have a little message in a bottle that enables us to talk to people at a you know a really open engaging level about some of the big environmental challenges that we face and yeah. give people a very simple way of doing their bit just by enjoying a cheeky pint love that i absolutely love that so what i think is really interesting there and i guess is very very topical for now but is the whole issue around food waste and kind of taking that problem and finding a solution for it from I guess working at Toast and doing your bit, what is the big deal with food waste? So for people who might not know, like, why is that such a problem for us and why is there something that we should be doing something about? Well, if you think about how much resource goes into growing our food, and that's there's a lot of natural resources, mm. the lands and water, etc., but also human resources, you know, the time yeah. that it takes a farmer to grow the wheat, um, to process the wheat, all of the um, the time and effort that goes into transporting the, these ingredients. Yeah. Um, and then you get to a bakery. If you go to your local bakery and talk to a, the baker, you'll see how much love goes into producing some of these you know, beautiful loaves of yeah. sourdough bread. And actually for a baker, it's painful to mm. end up at the end of the day with loaves that have not been sold and that would have to be thrown away. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's, yeah, as I said, it's one of those products that is just wasted at every level in the, from the supermarkets. Supermarkets overstock the shelves because if you go in, you you go for staples as well as everything else. So you want to be able to find a loaf on the always, shelf. Yeah. Um, bakeries don't want to run out at the end of the day, so you're always having to produce a little bit more. Yeah. We buy whole loaves and can't always eat them at home. And lots of people will freeze them or mm. use stale bread to make croutons and, you know, there's Delicious. lots of yeah. loads of <laughs> loads of recipes that you can use, um, but often a lot of it is thrown away yeah. um, at a household level as well. Um, so if you think about all that effort and the natural resources that's gone into producing that bread to then throw it away. Um, but on the other hand, it's a really delicious and simple way of solving yeah. a problem 
um, because we just have to make sure that we're producing as much as we need and yeah. only as much as we need. Yeah. We're only buying what we need and then we're eating the, everything that we buy. Absolutely. Um, and there's a project called Project Drawdown that looked at 100 different measures for addressing climate change. Reducing food waste came out number three in terms of um, the impact and the cost effectiveness of it as a solution. So Amazing. it really is, a, there's a huge opportunity there for us to really see change in the world. Amazing. I think the climate change angle is also quite interesting. So from it can either be from your like your personal perspective or from the business's perspective at Toast. Do you see food waste and climate change or climate crisis as we're now calling it as something that goes hand in hand or do you address them as kind of two separate issues kind of on, on the way that you go about business and the way that you foresee every action point of the, of the brand for Toast? Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, food waste is one of the challenges of the climate change. Yeah. Um, all of the emissions that go into producing it in the, in the first place but then you also if um, the food is not properly composted at the end if it sits on landfill then it emits methane yeah. as well so the rotting um, of food is contributing to, to greenhouse gases as well yeah. um, but beyond climate change and all of these environmental issues are so interlinked um, but you, we also have de um, uh, biodiversity losses um, which are caused by destruction of habitats mm. um, to a large extent and a lot of that is caused by us having to clear land um, for, to grow crops um, or to maintain monocultures on land to grow crops and, yeah. and the use of chemical pesticides and fertilizers as well. So yeah, uh, food waste, addressing food waste is a way of tackling a multitude of environmental challenges. Absolutely. And what I've noticed kind of from doing a little bit of research is that you're addressing the food waste issue, which is intrinsically kind of linked to climate change, but also you guys do something a bit of like a social impact. So I think I read, is it that 100% of the profits from Toast go to charity? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Do you want to just yeah. tell me more about that? I've already read a little bit about it, but I guess for our listeners, what what does that mean? What is the incentive behind that? And where does that money go? Yeah. So we recognise that we can have an impact ourselves by preventing bread from being wasted and using less barley in, in the process. Um, but the challenges that we face are huge and systemic. And so we need to be working at a multitude of levels, like looking at government policy and what can be done, working with industry as well to change some of the drivers for surplus food. Um, and so we wanted some of the value that we're growing through the business, through our profits, to go to charities that are working on these issues. Uh, Feedback is the name of our main charity partner, um, and they do a whole heap um, of work across the system. They are the charity that brought the issue of food waste to the forefront um, about 10 years ago, um, Yeah, and have worked with everybody from you know, the government leaders to Hugh Fernley Whittenstall and Jamie Oliver to raise Amazing. awareness in, in the public's eye. So we wanted to support the work that they're doing to change some of the structural issues that cause um, food waste. And um, we also just wanted to ensure that the profits of our business were not 
going to to do something that would negate the positive impact we were having yeah. so we did a fundraise a couple of years ago that we called equity for good okay uh, we needed some investment some seed investment into the business to really support uh, the the growth in the business yeah. um, but we didn't want to bring in investors who would change mm-hmm. the ethos yeah. of the business change our mission change you know the the drivers that we have and so Equity for Good um, asks investors to make a pledge that any net profits that they will make uh, will be reinvested in another social enterprise. Oh, so nice. that's if okay. they sell their shares um, in the future, then the profits that they make for that will go to another business that is also doing good nice. in the environmental sector. Yeah. And we can, hopefully in perpetuity, so that we can help the um, our partners around the world um, to, to grow the, the impact. Amazing. And talking about kind of the more business side of things, I've seen, and I know a tiny bit about this just from working at home things and doing a bit of research over time, but you, Toast is a B Corp, certified B Corp. We are, yes. Brand. Yes. Amazing. So I know that kind of the initiative behind B Corp is, you know, using business as a force for good, I think is the slogan. Memorized yeah. it. <laughs> Tell me... A little bit about that and kind of what being a B Corp business means and, and how that impacts what you guys do on a day-to-day basis and I guess you know just frame that for me for people who might not know actually what B Corp means and what it stands for. Yeah um, so B Corp uh, businesses certified B Corps um, are companies that meet minimum standards for social and environmental responsibility um, and uh, transparency um, uh, and responsibility so um, we have all gone through an assessment process um, and verified our performance against five different areas Um, so that covers the environment um, and it covers um, our impact on people as well from supply chain our own workers um, and our customers Mm -hmm. and it also looks at the governance structure of the business so it's a very holistic assessment of how sustainable the business is from a social and environmental perspective Um, once you become a certified B Corp and you have to to do that you have to meet a minimum level Mm -hmm. there um, is essentially 80 points out of 200 um, to pass the impact assessment and once you become uh, certified you have to change your articles of association okay. so that's the legal document that describes um, the responsibility of the business yeah. and that commits you to consider all stakeholders uh, current and future including people and planet at the same level as profit interesting that's really yeah. cool and so how, when did you become kind of b corp certified and is it something that you have to is it one of those things where you do it and then it's like yes we're a b corp certified business or is it something you have to keep renewing and looking at because i guess things change all the time and maybe as the business grows yeah. the way you do stuff might change so is that something you have to keep reviewing and yeah so we certified two years ago okay um, every third year you have to recertify you. and you have to demonstrate that you've improved on your previous score so that's interesting your... so you can't yes. just stay level no no you that's there must incentive. be continuous yeah. improvement that's yeah good. Um, you're also required to produce an impact report every year and in that impact report to reassess your score um, internally so it's n- it wouldn't be a 
verified score Mm -hmm. um, but it's encouraging you as a business to make sure that you're using the B Corp impact assessment not as just a tick box exercise but it's really embedded in your business and you're consciously working throughout that three years (coughs) towards improvements in your processes and practices. I love that I think that's really good and actually really interesting to know that you have to keep almost like learning and keep improving because I guess especially in today's climate it's very nice and very appealing for a lot of brands to have some kind of stamp of approval whatever just not greenwashing but you know I think some businesses like to say for example this is a completely different industry but like in the beauty industry shampoos like to now say that they're vegan even though their parent holding company maybe tests on animals in different countries but you know they think that consumers want to hear that and like to hear that and then they're kind of like tick done done with that so I think it's really nice to know that as like a B Corp certified business you not only have that accreditation but it's like continuously reviewed continuously worked on continuously approved so it's something that becomes integral to the business rather than just that yep done that now we can never think about it again yeah exactly and um, there's a huge range of different businesses from different sectors and different size companies as well that have gone through that process Um, so from uh, businesses like Toast um, right up to Danone for Hmm. example Okay. Um, and Danone um, certified parts of their business but they've made a commitment that they want their entire operations to be covered by B Corp so there is also this element of um, one part of the business making the start on that journey and influencing the rest of the business Um, there are a couple of Unilever brands as well um, Ben and Jerry's um, is one oh, of the nice. founding uh, <laughs> businesses uh, set in, to set up B Corp in the US. Interesting. Um, and um, and yeah, the Pucker Tea, for example, is another Unilever business. Yeah. Um, so there will be some brands um, that sit within an overarching umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, who, the brands themselves are B Corps so and maybe not the entire businesses. Um, but we are seeing um, a real uplift in the ambitions of the parent companies um, but also yeah just the range of incredible businesses that are now going down this route so last year for example the guardian mm. uh, newspaper certified as a b corp oh amazing um, yeah which is a very different type of business obviously it is, I think the, but the first really media cool. company um and then uh, they have um, followed through you we're start, you know starting to see they um had banned advertising mm. by fossil fuel yes i saw um, that extraction companies so they're really taking very seriously that commitment and b corp is part for them uh, of, of that story that's so good i think that's such a good initiative now toast another good thing that you guys do is like a whole list of good things that toast does is you support is it un sustainable development goals is that correct yes yeah perfect that's yes. as much as i know of the title <laughs> un sustainable development goals do you want to tell do you i mean i guess do you know what the goals are and like can you tell me a bit more about them just so I have a better understanding yeah so there are there are a range of different goals Got you. Um, um, under the UN sustainable development goals number 12 is specifically about responsible consumption um, and production yes um, so all of the other goals will relate to environmental or social issues Got you. Um, and some will you know some businesses and will relate to different ones or multiple ones um, climate change is an, is another one of the, the goals um, and for us 
uh, goal 12 was the really important one Um, and within that uh, goal 12.3 is specifically about reducing food waste okay sure Um, and Tristram Stewart is also a a champion of 12.3 nice I like that word a champion (laughs) champion of 12.3 yes that's really really cool yeah Um, so yeah and and the the idea of the goals is that um, it's not it's not business led Uh, you know it's about looking at nation states and what um, we are doing as a as citizens and Mm -hmm. populations um, to drive um, improvements in social and environmental um, outcomes god it's so good i feel like ticking all the sustainable (laughs) boxes i love that now toast is obviously a beer can i call it a beer is it beer i never get the jargon you know beer ale lager yeah so beer is essentially the overarching term and then you have ales and lagers there's a whole huge family tree um too many too many (laughs) but beer is beer is a good overarching word (laughs) so what i saw i think because i've been following toast for a while and your journey and reading your blog post what i thought was really interesting and i think people might be interested to kind of think about is the can versus bottle Mm. debate and what is the most sustainable way to drink beer? I asked the co-founders of Home Things this before I left. I was like, what do you think the most sustainable way to drink beer is? And they both went down the pub. I was like, there well, you go. there you go. Well, they are right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we do supply our beer in steel kegs that are reusable. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, if you can drink straight from, from the tap in the pub, or you can also... <laughs> straight from the tap. <laughs> straight from the tap, yeah. Not uh, even in a glass. <laughs> straight into your mouth. Uh, also, um, with Waitrose, they um, have unpacked... Um, in yes. I think four of their stores now and continuing to expand. Amazing, I thought it was only um, the one. That's really cool. Yeah, they expanded. Um, and so you can go along with uh, what's called a growler, uh, which is a refillable <laughs> five-litre glass container. Uh, you can fill up on a Friday night and have beer to enjoy um, for the evening or for the weekend. I love that it's um, called a growler. Yeah, God. it's a great name, isn't it? <laughs> And then, yeah, and then take it back and refill it. And then you have no packaging at all That's associated really cool. with that from your, from a consumer perspective. Um, and Waitrose return those uh, kegs to us. They're washed and then refilled and, and sent back out again. So that is, they're right. That is the best way to drink it. Um, for glass v. aluminium, it is really uh, a little bit complex. Mm, always um, is. There are pros and cons to both. Um, and one of the key... Uh, factors is the recycling rate at yeah, the end. Sure. Um, so with glass, uh, it well both glass and aluminium are infinitely recyclable. Mm-hmm. So um, unlike plastic, yeah. which um, has a you know it depends on the type of plastic, Absolutely. but can only be recycled a number of times yeah. and is usually downgraded yeah. in what it can be used for. And often not even recycled at all. Well, which right. is the horrifying yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so aluminium, for example, could be a drinks can one day and an aeroplane the next. You know, it's aluminium is aluminium. Um, uh, so with with glass, uh, it is it's heavier, mm. uh, and so it take there are more emissions associated sure. with transporting it. Yeah. Um, but um, and and also the shape of the bottle mm. means that you can just fit less into yeah. a, a space so again that increases the emissions both in transport and storage actually if you think about yeah, how many true. you can fit into a fridge yeah. whereas the aluminium can is lighter um, and easy, easily stackable yeah. um, but if you if aluminium is recycled it is by far the better option Interesting. Um, virgin aluminium is really 
damaging to the environment from the mining of bauxite um, and very energy intensive as well Uh, but recycled can but recycled aluminium Mm -hmm. versus virgin aluminium has about eight percent of the emissions so what we really need to do is to make sure that people after they've drunk a can of beer or recycling that can Um, and yeah making sure that we keep that aluminium in the system and not having to um, to yeah to mine um, it's just encouraging people isn't it to buy into like a more circular narrative I guess we've all most of us have grown up just thinking consume like you know with fast consumption and having everything as convenient like consuming chucking away and if you throw it in the recycling bin or whatever you're just like yep done my bit but I think it's more of a educational piece about how to kind of close the loops as much as possible and sometimes it's not it's not always possible but even like you said making sure that you put your can in the recycling and you do your little bit even that helps to kind of close those loops and to I guess encourage people to be more sustainable yeah and there are lots of companies now I'm seeing that are trying to do something Mm. interesting to encourage that change in mindset as well Um, so I I don't know if you've seen but Brewdog have just relaunched their branding and they're encouraging people to bring back their aluminium cans Mm -hmm. um, in exchange for for beer um, which is is really great to get people engaged um, and just like starting that conversation and you know making people really aware of it um, other companies um, are doing really interesting things as well there's one called Elvis and Cressy um, okay. that is a luxury um, fashion brand they, they tend to make handbags um, but they use old fire hoses so they Amazing. work yeah they work <laughs> they work with um, the fire services all around the country and they take the hose material and they turn them into really beautiful bags it's, Amazing. Uh, it's a beautiful circular yeah circular story um and they're at the moment working on a forge um that can use recycled al- aluminium to make buckles oh, wow, and elements okay. um but to make the forge uh, they've open sourced the technology mm. and invited people to contribute to how it's going to work so that it can be small and portable and yeah. it doesn't have to be that <coughs> they're the only company that can do it yeah they, they will you know maybe you could have one in a small like office like this for example and yeah. the cans from here could be um broken down and made into something else that's right here. so cool i love stuff like that i think anyone kind of taking initiative and trying to do their bit and not i think there's something nice as well about the, almost the open shareability of it so like with them not trying to protect anything or build their own thing in house but open sourcing stuff and saying actually we're all trying to do our bit this is more of like a shared project i think that's very interesting to mm. get people to engage with initiatives yeah. like that in the first place and to be interested in it not to feel elitist i feel like sometimes with climate change and with eco-anxiety sometimes it feels like a bit of a privileged thing to be able to to worry about or be concerned about so I guess that makes it slightly more accessible Mm. which is a really nice thing yeah with toast and with beer and trying to make like a more sustainable beer and start that conversation at any point on the journey and maybe from your perspective have you ever been surprised about the demand for a more sustainable beer or like other conversations that have come up because of it because I guess it's maybe not something people would would think about their beer being something that they could easily make a switch to as a delicious switch that would have a better impact mm-hmm. and would maybe you know sort of support a nicer brand have there been any kind of 
revelations from a personal perspective of people's responses to it or people's demand for it because it's not something I think I would ever be aware of until I know you guys yeah yeah interesting so we when we first launched we had a very different looking brand mm, and sure. we were very focused around the fact that we were brewing with bread yeah um and I guess we became so like into the story of oh my god like there's so much bread so then it tastes makes delicious bread and we appealed to I guess a fairly niche market Mm, um there was a risk that beer drinkers uh, on mass would have looked at that product and thought um it's going to taste different because Mm. of having bread as an ingredient um where it it doesn't it the bread is essentially a starch a carbohydrate that the is turned into alcohol most of the flavors still come from the hops and and some of the malt that we do use um and so we we changed our branding um to talk more about the bigger impact Mm. that we're having um we've now been very clear up front that this is planet saving beer and invited people to I saw that one of the read into the conversation yeah Yeah. um and so I think I I in the early days I felt that um those early adopters that that joined us and were very passionate about Mm. the mission they kind of already understood some of the challenges um I I I guess yeah we expected that growth at that stage um what we've what I've found surprising is the number of people that would not normally have engaged mm. on the issue of climate change or any environmental yeah. issues at all, um, who've just enjoyed a great tasting beer and then read a little bit more maybe on the packaging or you know, through social media um, to learn a little bit about what we're doing. And they've just had this reaction of, that is cool. Like, it's a win-win, yeah, really. I've absolutely. got a great tasting beer. I'm doing a bit for the planet. Um, you know, some of the facts that we share about the amount of bread that's wasted, the amount of food that's wasted, and how how big an impact we can have. People are like, oh, right, that's, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> and um, I just loved seeing the reaction from those people that have not necessarily been looking for a sustainable product. They've been yeah. just looking for a good beer. Yeah. Um, you know, beer is quite often chosen on the supermarket shelves based on the packaging Absolutely, as well and the yeah. design. So that they've picked something up that they think looks good, they've drank it, it tastes good, and then they've learned something and thought, oh wow, yeah. that for me has been the best reaction. That's so cool. I love that. And you're right, packaging is such a. I've got a packaging design background in alcohol, so I know firsthand how mm. important it is. And also, the beer market is, especially now, all the craft beer is such a crowded market, and so to stand out in any way shape or form is very challenging so i think if like you said if you can stand up with brand story packaging and sustainable like development goals you're kind of winning at every single touch point and giving people a reason to believe and to come back because obviously they're probably going to like the taste and then they come back hopefully for like your brand mission and, and who you are and what you're doing yeah which is great yeah absolutely it was um yeah for us that it was that challenge of getting people to just pick it up yeah. in the first place and there is like i mean there are so many beautiful designs yeah. um in the beer category craft beer category yeah. now um it is really difficult to figure out like how do we mm-hmm. stand out how do we just get people engaged to tell that story yeah um and then the other challenge we had was like how, how do we tell like 
the story in a really simple way yeah. without saying, oh, and we do this, and we do this, and we do this. Like, how do we just be very focused and, you know, tell people the main purpose that we exist yeah. and invite them to then find out more. Absolutely. Um, but what I do love about Toast is, like, and, you know, I don't, the word gets um, banded around a lot, but the authenticity mm. behind it, because... Um, Tristram is an environmentalist, has been all of his life. He wrote a book about food waste like, nearly 15 years ago that oh, you wow. know, started a charity. Yeah. And, you know, that was, that's kind of his background. Um, my background was a, as a sustainability consultant. I was working at um, the Carbon Trust. Oh, I, was, awesome. I was there for five years. Um, oh. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, very environmentally conscious as well. Yeah. Um, Rob Wilson, our CEO, our chief chief toaster um he has a he previously ran an organization called ashoka that works with social okay. entrepreneurs so we've all come from this background nice. of um being passionate about our purpose mm -hmm. and what we're trying to do um and just happening to love beer as well so it's it is it, we've found it like in one way easy to tell the story but then having to figure out what message resonates best with That's our amazing. audience and then have that uh, the broader story available for those that want to know more that's so cool and that's so toast started 2015 is that correct so it's been we did five our, years yes we did our first brew 2015 mm. um and launched it uh, january 2016 oh my gosh, on wow. jamie oliver's friday night feast show oh love which, that that's <laughs> amazing yeah so he came and filmed our very first brew our first commercial so brew good. um yeah and uh so we kind of held off on launching until the show went live smart and um, not really knowing what to expect and it has been a whirlwind ever since then and jamie actually has been really supportive we've seen him so at a cool. few events and yeah he's he's been really great love jamie oliver great guy yeah so that's like five years kind of technically from starting crazy five years what do you think what do you hope the next five years will bring for toast uh so our approach has also always been about being open and collaborative we are trying to change the world which is not easy to do as yeah, a big small, task. as a small yeah. business yet yeah. <laughs> um and so we need others to come on the journey with yeah. us um we open source our recipe so that is available That's on our amazing. website and we encourage home brewers to download it and have a really neat solution to the bread surplus mm. in their own homes um, and micro breweries as well with bigger breweries we like to collaborate with them um, because there are challenges in the process of using bread in uh, the mash tun which is the first container sure. that you, you use for brewing um, to prevent the uh, what's called a stuck mash which is basically all the bread <laughs> blocking the exit of the beer um, from the container um, so there are lots of techniques um, that we want to be able to share with people to help them uh, adopt bread yeah. as a, an ingredient and it doesn't have to be um, that they're producing a bread beer um, you know it could just be a, a smaller proportion of their grain bill yeah. but every little helps absolutely um, so what we want to do like over the next um, few years is to really work with the industry and to support the industry to adopt a more circular approach to yeah. the to the ingredients Love um, that. yeah so we're working on how best to do that at the moment so exciting very exciting so much to yes. do yes we're going to finish off with a this or that style quiz four questions almost like you did, have you ever seen the episode in friends when they're in the car and it's like 
black or white? He's oh, like, you... white. <laughs> Who do you prefer? Mom. I'm like, okay. <laughs> when I was young, don't worry. <laughs> don't ask me to choose between my children. That's the only... <laughs> All of them. None of them, actually. Okay, first one. Actually, do you know what? Some of them are not this or that. I lied. I wrote these quite late last night. First one. I know what I was thinking. What is your favourite sauce? Oh, <laughs> oh! Uh, I like mayonnaise. Probably is that oh, really Oh no, boring? you don't. Yes. Could oh, yeah, you have it on I, chips, please? Well, because I've got two little kids, That's and so it, blame the kids. it's always like <laughs> fish fingers and chips, and um, they they eat before I do. Right, so I'm always like a little bit hungry when I'm sitting with them have, when they're having their dinner, and end up, you know, just picking the odd chip off their Love plate that. and dipping it in. Uh, it's like maybe a little bit of mayonnaise and ketchup. <laughs> is oh it bad God. to mix? No, no, because it's not like thousands of sauce. Is that it? That's <laughs> it. <laughs> that sounds classy. more sophisticated <laughs> than mayonnaise. Yeah. Okay, so Mary Rose, yeah, <laughs> what is the last card that you sent, or to who? Uh, well, we we just sent uh, we didn't send it, but we gave a card um, to our colleague Karen, um, who has been working on finance for Toast um, nice. for the past nearly a year. Um, she is taking more time. She's uh, like wanting to early reti- early retirement, and she's taking more time to spend traveling and Amazing. playing golf and snorkeling in beautiful places. Um, so we took her out for dinner to Oaxaca um, on Monday. Day night, nice. so Oaxaca is one of our stockists. Um, had a really great meal with her, um, and yeah, gave gave her a card Sweet. from all of Team Toast. Oh, I love that. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Really? Oh, I love Twitter. Do you? <laughs> I do. I love it, and I, I have to be really careful because I can go completely down a little <laughs> rabbit hole and spend hours. Um, I, I try not to get into conversations anymore because, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just, there's so, there's so many interesting people. You have to like, be careful. Yeah. I'm very quick to block and ignore if yes. I don't want to engage with trolls no. and that kind of thing. But um, I love it. <laughs> Love that. And finally, jarring one: Friends or Big Bang Theory? Friends or Big Bang? Friends is in the TV series. Yeah. Oh, uh, Friends. Love that. It's a classic. It, it's just it's a classic. part of my childhood, my life. Do you know? I met someone the other day, and I watched Friends religiously. I can't even remember the amount of times I've seen each series. And I spoke to someone the other day who hates Friends. <gasps> I was like. How? I don't think I've ever in my life met anybody who hates friends. Uh, Hated it. Oh my goodness. So you you saw Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt have with, that moment with the handhold moment yeah yes, I mean and if you haven't w- if you haven't watched Friends how can you feel the same love and passion for Jennifer Aniston how can you feel the same <laughs> love and passion for any of them because I love on Instagram I think when was it Jennifer Aniston finally got Instagram there was the reunion picture of all of them together and I'm just I'm so invested yeah. even even now like however many years on still so invested this has been fantastic where can people find you if they want to find you on Twitter on Twitter on the internet um, well well Toast Ale, you can go to Toast Ale, so it's Toast Ale, one word. Um, I'm Lou Z, L-O-U underscore Z-E-D. Love it. Fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's, it's been, been great. Fun. We have been Get underscore Home Things, which is, as it says, on the tin. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you've got to the end, give yourself a pat on the back. That's pretty impressive. 
If you enjoyed the show, we would really, really love it if you could leave us a five-star review, no lower, otherwise you're disqualified, and write a lovely little comment and share the podcast with your friends. We're a new show, we really want to get out there, and we want to tell the world all about what we do. So do us a little favour, help us out, and in return, come cash in a big old hug. Thanks so much.